0: January 18, 2014. Swat lot for the Pedro show. Mm-hmm. for Pete Russia started off with John Coltrane doing uh, Say It Over and Over Again and then Wata doing an in-store there's no title for it but it's last summer and, uh, you ever been there? Criminal Records in Atlanta? Probably Oh, Brother Matt we have to Yeah, we got a guest
1: Welcome Henry
2: Hey, thanks Henry Rollins, Rollins in the house Much
0: respect There's a record Do you know about this thing now of record stores that don't sell so CDs? they only
2: sell vinyl yeah i've been to a few of them
0: doesn't that happen
2: it's great i think you know record store day which is like year five or something coming up i don't it's know how many April years 19 this Year this yeah i don't know how many years it's been going yeah. but it's such a beautiful thing because you know the three of us we grew up on vinyl cds were this kind of new interesting weird thing the first time i ever heard the term compact disc was from spot we were at the old SST uh, in Redondo, and he said, there's this thing called compact disc. It's going to be big. This is like 1983 or 4. And I'm like, okay. And he, he tried to explain it to me. I'm like, okay, who cares? And he said, yeah, the, the Dead Kennedys and the Derity column are going to be on CD. Like, okay. And then by 86, it started to become a thing. And, you know, you run out and buy some CDs. You buy a CD player, and it's a novelty for a minute. And then you start to realize they don't, they don't sound all that good. And I think over the years, the affordability and the portability of CDs were pretty bitching. You know, you can have a ton of them in your dorm or whatever, and they don't take up much room. Yeah. But then you get to a certain point, and you put a record on it and you go, why does that sound different? Well, and then you get the science on it that vinyl actually holds more frequency, and your ears are not fooling you. And people go, oh. I want to hear that. And you find out a lot of bands are kind of audiophiles. Like They don't want to record digital. A guy like Jay Maskis, he wants you to hear the record he made. That's on tape. It's not going to be on a hard drive. And vinyl started coming back. Turntable sales are up. Vinyl sales are up. Meanwhile, they say, I think Sony says by 2015, they're not going to sell physical CDs. They're going to probably do like limited record store day vinyl of a big act. But then it's just going to be your, sadly, you'll download your music from then on. But I'm very happy that bands are fighting for vinyl and the fans are digging, music, you know, vinyl again. Because it gave all the little independent labels Vindication, Discord, Ian MacKay, Fugazi. He's a yeah. vinyl guy since, you know, I've known him since he was 11. That, that label has always been about the vinyl. Remastering the catalog, it always sounds better. They really take care of it and they they have one in the end it's great
0: remembering back can you your first conscious music memory can you recall
2: yeah sure uh, the Beatles because my mom was a we, my mom and I in Washington D.C. lived in all these little apartments all around the city every two years we'd go get to a new one for some reason and she was a record store person we'd go to the record store across the street from our little apartment We'd go there one to three nights a week. And my mom would hear something she'd you know, on NPR, WETA in Washington, and she'd go get it. But she was a, she used to go see Miles and Coltrane. She's a big classical music fan, so I was raised with Miles, uh, Coltrane, uh, Sonny Rollins, uh, Bartok, Stravinsky, Wagner, Chopin, Beethoven, Streisand, uh, show tunes, um, Glenn Campbell, Dylan, Guthrie, you know, really cool 60s stuff. I, but we would go see Pete Seeger and and all sing Kumbaya and you know rock gently back and forth as they pass the gala wine around. I did all that, and so whenever I looked at one of my mom's records, I go, "Can I play this?" You "Take it," because so I had this little GE record player in my room, and I would just destroy an album, you know, just ruin it it's by terrible. oh yeah, as little kids are wont to do. So it was a
0: Beatles record.
2: Yeah, my mom gave me I don't know like Yellow Submarine or. Meet the Beatles well, Yesterday and Today yeah. Okay. yeah and, and I had babysitters so My mom worked at the government She worked downtown, she'd come back at 7pm So I had someone to keep me from burning the apartment down And so these girls like High school girls, they'd bring their records To play, to pass time Waiting for the, the mom to come And let them go home And they're all in love with Jim Morrison Because he's a heartthrob and they're all like 15 And so they'd bring their Doors albums over and my mom, being pretty damn eclectic, she's the one who bought the first Doors album in my life. She had this band with a crazy name, The Doors. I said, I like that record. she take it. And so by age 11, I'm digging Janis Joplin, Isaac Hayes, like Shaft and Hot Buttered Soul, hair soundtrack for the you know Broadway production. Just because my, my mom was playing it, um, that Rolling Stones, that octagonal through the past darkly, Greatest Hits record. Yeah. I just kind of squirreled that back into my room. But it was the Beatles. And I thought they were a children's band. Because they say about Yellow Submarines, yeah. and they seemed friendly. They looked nice on the cover. They were nicer to me than my dad, who's a scary guy. So I would retreat to my room whenever I could, being the kind of introspective, shy boy I was, and put on records. Or if it's just sitting on there, I'd just play it over and over again. And you could rig the record player to would repeat. The arm would come back on and drop. I'd listen to side whatever of some record for hours. the, The album, the side becomes a mantra. I didn't care if it was the same songs again. It was just someone keeping you company in your lonely room. It was like Paul and Ringo and George and John. And so music was how I coped because school was scary, other kids were scary, the world was terrifying to me. And music was, you know, no one was teasing you, no one's trying to hit you or calling you a cracker or running, chasing after you. And so music became like the big refuge, but it was the Beatles where I really connected. <laughs>
3: Yes, is... is...
4: Caíes sin tu sombrero, buscabas a quien te diera un poquito de dinero. Por mi coche tú pasaste, tocaste la ventanita, ahí es donde yo saqué la dulcita manzanita. Pase la manzanita Me dijo que no, no, no Que no podía con su boquita Dio dos pasos pa' adelante Abrió y luego de repente Yo no lo
5: 발목마다 발목이 살짝 톡톡 파고드는 그 폭동은 정말 접해보지 않은 알 수가 없다, 없다고 하더라고요. 내성 손발톱은 벽에는 잘못된 생활습관으로 생기기 때문에 한번 걸리면 잘 완치되지 않고 계속 재발하기 쉬운데요. 심하면 발톱을 뽑는 지경까지 가니까 휘둘러서 치료해야 합니다. 특히 폭이 좁은 신발을 신을 경우 발가락으로 눌리면서 발톱 무량에도 변형이 오기 쉽다니까 주의해야겠죠?
6: Highlight spills from cracked ether, barely verging, an emergent surge of ebony curves under burnt curls, wisping crisply betwixt raw ripped reality rent awry, vague metronomic supply, radially splayed now unfurled, puffed in tremulous clouds of darkening breath afloat, crackled vice and ions converge in circuits of living dust. Some frail science, but through whom every earth works. Blank narrative poesy, reliant on the thirsty reader's trust. Where geodes explode in minutest glimmers. New light unbent, for if motor oil unfreezes, synaptic resolve soothes within. A coruscating initialization of math. Now lightning-charged. By what measure has this anatomical metalloid not sinned? So, like its tinkerer, this gizmo a mirror, only frighteninger. Narcissistic ally encounters old futures, some new mistakes, before a countless unfolding, tomorrow's breathed ably in hope. Aghast, all slumber awakens impulse, prize quickly and quakes. Mechanical musing clicks along minuscule alleys of construct. Strobing binary protocols begin to warble. Turned on in thought, on off, on off, on off, exclaims some vain program, too shame to entrust. Quickening lickers of source code, their swallowing tightly taut. On ambulance strings, vague stereoscopy braids sound with deft light puppeting the reanimation of rocks and wind through factory stock, erecting fantastic signals upon a burgeoning armature of might to simulate interactivity, turned social graces into skeptical clocks, organs within gears, within pianistic mechanology, half-played, ticking pipes pump palpable permanence aloft as time takes a walk. Counting down from the moments as carving arced space goes straight, from a smoldering crucible of possibility, rises much nothing from aught. Insistence, therefore, it is. Reason only that will desires it. Vibrating our air with colors of sound, smelling keenly of memory. Mashing ungrounded electricity until one feels like blue shit. Wearing vainly how it matters... Then sprinkling coins desultorily, and rapt adulation for remotest possible outcomes derived by the pen, luring pigments to flow through the boorish bristles onto bleached tents. Unhooked in green, swift rivers pull unreadied will against their grain. Except hoving boulders aloft upon whimsy will remain a creed intense.
0: Grown nail from Shaman Town. They're from Korea. Yeah. Lullaby from I uh, Ijnai. and they're from Mongolia. No mercy, do you remember them? Yeah. San Francisco, right.
2: A reissue on Superior Viaduct. That's right. Steve the album runs that it. never came out. Yeah, Steve he runs Superior Viaduct. I, I forget That's his last name. City. He is a good man. Yeah. And his reissues. That guy is doing the work. Yeah, man. Negative Trend 7-inch he just put out. He re-released the Hardcore Devo records. Right, right. Uh, Craig Leon's Nomos record. Yeah. The guy who uh, produced the first Suicide album. Sure, sure. Uh, the Nomos record was on Tacoma. It goes for tons of money on, you know, uh, antique collectors have it. But um, he reissued it. Beautiful vinyl pressing. Uh, Heldon. Yeah, he put yeah. out Heldon Records? Yeah. He just sent me a little care package the other day. What did he just put out? Some Another just monster release he just put out. I did On my little radio show, I did a whole 15-minute block of Superior Viaduct releases. Yeah, he is a, a damn yeah, champion. Yeah.
0: I think he did a urinal one, too.
2: Yes, he did, did urinals. He's been doing The Avengers. I mean, yeah. every single thing he does, he's so damn good.
0: Yeah, and it's bad, you know... Nobody kicks when they're born. So just because you weren't there shouldn't mean you shouldn't get to hear. Exactly. I remember for the longest time it was only uh, one song on that ear comp, No, two. On that earcon, that orange right. one with middle class, but from England. Fast Records, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was Cross the Line, No Mercy from this... Check it out, Hank's right about this label's super Viaduct.
2: Yeah, that Superior Viaduct. Superior they reissue, Viaduct. The, they yeah, reissued yeah. the Monitor album. I mean, he's are yeah, yeah. incredible.
0: The one with the with the meat pump. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we heard uh, Kimono Cult with Todos Menos uh, de It's a new band that Omar has with uh, John Frusciante.
2: Yeah, uh, you know Omar's great because he got a yeah,
0: brand new one. He's
2: well, he has a brand I new one. Like God every is. every fifteen <laughs> minutes. Last time I was at Fruschanti's, Omar was like walked in, and they're like they're getting ready to go do something. I mean, <laughs> both of them, both of those guys, they're, they're they're the real thing. They really they play their, their asses off. This is with Terry,
0: uh, Terry from
2: the Butcherettes. Yeah, she's a. I was so, so I felt so happy. Uh, I was so lucky to see La Butcherettes. Because whoever, whatever label they, maybe Omar sent it to me, I think but Sergeant House. Okay, well, was it was maybe Sergeant. Well, no, 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 not not the not the Rainbows record, the La Butcherettes. Yeah, was yeah. it on Sergeant House? Okay, well then the the nice lady at Sergeant House sent it to me, so I had the record. Yeah. And then I went to go see you play at the right. Palladium, yeah. and they opened up, and I got there in time to see the show, and and I went, oh yeah, I have that record, and the record's good, but live, was I was watching. Terry Genderbender. I said, Wow, she's like my favorite singer now. I mean, like it's the most charismatic I got her thing.
7: That
0: night.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know. And she well, she thanked you from the stage. She well, said thanks was to Mike what
0: What's happening? And the last time you asked me that I got Sisters in the Pit from you know this Oakland band, they're bad. Yeah. And so I think he likes uh, Sister with the two things.
2: Yeah. Well I, I saw them at the Palladium and I, I dug that record out again. I heard it in a whole different way. Yeah. And uh Boy, I was so because they broke up soon after, or at least put it on hold or whatever. But that the Bosnian Rainbows thing I like just as much.
0: And now there's this new thing called Komodo. we just heard. Uh, Liquid Diamonds, Drive Eric, Robot Minds, Chris Goger, He's out of Austin. And too weird to be a tree. Allegheny Whitefish Mr. Tom, out of Pittsburgh. Tobacco, Dot Wigan band with Banana Bite. You might know Dot Wigan. She was in a band called Shags. Yeah. Where Dezo used to play that at the open system.
2: Yeah, I reference my pal Foot Foot all the time.
0: She made a, a solo album. Really? So one of the sisters is gone. Oh. Passed away. But she, yeah, one of the ladies. Uh,
2: yeah, they became hip again somewhere in the 80s. Yeah, right. Uh, a bunch of people. The guy
0: that got reissued. Yeah. And, uh, with the father, because it was always the father's brainchild, because. He had got a prophecy from his mother. This was okay. You, know, was going to you be
2: gorgeous crazy. gals are going to be stars, yeah. and I'm your Phil Spector. Out of New Hampshire, <laughs>
0: same place that I think uh, Gigi Allen came from. Yeah. State, great state. Live free or whatever. Autumn Leaves, uh, finally. by Tripod Jimmy with uh, Hermie Eugenio uh, live. It's not the Autumn Leaves we know. It's. Uh, do you know Tom Herman? He played guitar on Modern Day. Yeah. He made this band called Tripod. I think it was named after a dog who lost a leg. So, so getting getting back to your music in D.C. and you're listening to records and it's keeping you singing. Yeah.
2: In the still does. And your little uh,
0: sequestered. Yeah. Your chamber.
2: Like a lot of little lonely kids growing up in America, you you get your record or your record player, your radio, and the music. because it's non-judgmental. You learn the words, you can sing along. It becomes a real nice place to go, you know, to to get a little bit of...
0: When does it change where instead of listening, you become creator?
2: Well, when I was in high school, I was like a a very generic youth, hyperactive, angry at everything, unfocused anger, just, you know, 15 and just pissed. And that's when I've... And we're about the same age. I, I saw Zeppelin and Nugent and Van Halen and Aerosmith... Because that's what was on the radio. That was an $8 ticket. And you could go see them at the Capitol Center in Largo, Maryland. And I think it's a parking lot now. But that's where we would go. And those bands, as great as they all were, and they were, none of them addressed my anger issues. They sang about cars and girls and Misty Mountains and whatever. And I couldn't understand it. I just kind of hummed along. But none of them were, like, angry. And then someone loaned me. A guy named uh, Bert, who was on a lot of early Discord records. He was in The Untouchables uh, with Ian MacKay's younger brother, Alec, one of the first ever Discord bands. Anyway, Bert was cool and had his ear to the ground. And he said, hey, you should check this out. We were skate buddies, you know, neighborhood skaters. He gave me the Sex Pistols record. He goes like, borrow this. Don't scratch it. I put it on kind of terrified me i'd never heard music like that I'd never heard a singer like that i returned it he's like became my library he said here's first class record which was an import hard to find i went into record source trying to find that record i couldn't find it and i heard that and i was like oh i can question authority what I, what jefferson should have taught me in high school that no one ever taught me i had learned that from joe strummer and ian mackay of Modern threat and fugazi you know, we were best friends growing up. We're still best friends now. We kind of bonded over music in, in the 70s with Hendrix and Zeppelin and all that. We heard punk rock and our lives changed. And that was the switch where finally there's a, a scream that can now be attached to the mouth because the mouth used to be the, like the the, the Monk painting. There was just this big gaping mouth and nothing, n- no volume. Now all of a sudden, Johnny Johnny Rotten, Joe Strummer, you know, and all the great punk rock coming out of New York, Ramones, you know, like you, you think you're the loser, you know, you're the outsider. Your outsiderness just has a, now has a soundtrack. It's the Ramones. These, And you see that iconic Roberta Bailey portrait of them on the first album cover. You're like, yeah, they're like me. They're not getting invited to any parties. Yeah. They're not cool, but actually they're the coolest. Yeah. And I really... That I kinda wanted to get behind a microphone.
0: Right, not just listen. They, yeah, because they, they, uh, they made you they think encouraged. that you could do
2: it. Well they were empowering. Yeah. Because yeah. when you hear Led Zeppelin, you never think you can go do it, because they're just too damn good. No. You'll never summit that mountain. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I still listen to them and go, Yeah, how can you be that good? And I'm not saying the the clash didn't make me feel a sense of awe. But Joe Strummer's not singing on key, yeah. but he's a great singer. Johnny Ron's not hitting a note. But he's about as good as it gets. And they're not always on time and it doesn't always rhyme. And does it but it sure made sense? And it makes you think that you, the working man or whatever, that you can do it. Yeah. And that was a big damn deal for me. Cause I always felt out of place, not as cool, not as handsome, can't throw the ball straight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my life has a soundtrack. And it gave me some possibility. And so I started going to punk rock shows in DC, little a scene you could fit in this room. I mean, like a little tiny local yeah. scene. And all of a sudden girls are talking to me. You meet a girl like, hey, your clothes look cool. Hey, what's your name? You're asking me my name? A girl wants to meet me? You're like, wow, okay, I've arrived. And thankfully, your soundtrack is the Bat Brains and the Teen Idols and this amazing local DC scene punctuated by the occasional visit, Clash, Buzzcocks, Cramps, who were New Yorkers at the time. And you could go walk right up to the front of the stage and put your elbows on the stage and have Lux Interior sweat on you, have D.D. D. Ramon sweat on you, literally. Mm-hmm. And it was huge. And one night I was watching The Bad Brains and HR grabbed me by my arm and he dragged me up on stage he says you're gonna sing with the bad brains tonight and i said ah, i'm not a singer he goes like you're a singer and tonight you're in the bad brains i knew all the songs kind of sort of he put the microphone in my hand and they i don't forget what they played a couple of songs and i sang
0: that
2: was your first game. yeah because hr said you're a singer he said to me he said henry you're a singer and i said no no you're this you're like the singer I'm, you know <laughs> and to this day he's still kind of legendary to me i
0: would say that's kind of an inclusive philosophy bringing
2: the cat up yeah well, the the trial band. by fire wow. but the audience was like yeah it's a party man like don't oh, worry sure, about it if you no. blow out and I probably well, did after that, would be, I'm make a
0: band name
2: well I it, I never I never thought I was ever gonna really be in one but it really kind of made it a, a thing I kept thinking about because it sure felt right yeah. to, to have to to be on stage with a microphone with a band or just on my own that's the most at home fear-free. I am where some people have to go on stage I'm nervous I'm like really? I'm nervous the rest of the time I'm fine on stage that's where I that's where I love being I'm like a fish in water up there never had a you know that then? absolutely never never had stage fright in my life
0: even with that HR thing?
2: no I just kind of went up there and went oh it was all new and weird but it wasn't unwelcome or terrifying it was like roller coaster ish you but it was awesome. You heard
0: about forgetting the words. You knew the words. Knew the words. And, and, just some,
2: came out. and it just came out. It was like it was r- when you start riding a two-wheeled bike, you're like, oh, I've been riding this all my life. It just felt like you never did know how to ride a bike. When I started playing music.
0: Yeah. When did you get the band together?
2: Uh, I was lucky. There was a band where they kind of sort of broke up. This band, the, the the singer left, some guy named Lyle, he left to go play guitar in some band called Minor Threat. And all of a sudden, this band, the Extorts, needed a singer because their singer became a guitar player yeah. in a now legendary That's punk sure. rock band. Well, you know, things are changing. Yeah. And Ian MacKay formed Minor Threat with his old drummer from the Teen Idols and Brian Baker and Lyle uh, Pressler all of a sudden make up his band. And they needed a singer. The world got around like, hey, you're a total maniac. You want to you want to try and be in our band? I'm like, I'll sing in your band. Give Who's me the, the microphone at
0: the at the gig. Oh, you see him play. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're actually. Seeing
2: yeah. And so all of a sudden I'm singing and we start, you know, they had a couple of songs. I rewrote the lyrics for him. I said, OK, well, new guy, new day. Are those
0: your first lyrics ever.
2: Yeah, well, the actual the first song I ever wrote yeah. was a song called Go to Alaska, and I wrote it in high school, and it was about, like, let, let's just reject civilization, go to Alaska where everything is real, like where you can really live and die, and I showed it to Ian, yeah. and I still have the piece of paper, and he said, my band, the Slinkies, pre-teen idols, he was like, we'll do that song. And they actually did it.
0: What made you want to write that song? So you're thinking... Spongy. I was
2: mad. Oh. It was a re- song of rejection. Like, well, let's leave all this conformity, yeah. my school uniform, yeah. all my douchebag classmates yeah. who are like the country club kids. Yeah. And I go, let's go to Alaska, where it's like life and death. I was like, you know, like 16, 17. I was mad. And, you know, and it, it has this like a whole chorus. It's all pop. Like, you know, like, like uh, you know, factories, no, fast food, no, go to Alaska. <laughs> and, and my, my, my f- neighborhood friends made it into a song. And, like, I have a, some bad cassette of it. And, wow. like, they did it. I would it. like
0: to play that on the show one day. We're at the end of the first hour. Rock Peter show, January 18, 2014. Brother Matt with our guest, yes. Henry Rollins. Hold time for hour two. January eighteenth, two thousand fourteen, second hour, Watt from Pedro Show.
4: If the flies won me. Let the flies have me.
0: If I stink too bad, take drastic action.
8: Oh, Nelly.
9: I'll never do a lot what you want me to I'll never fit in with anyone that's true Everything I touch always turns to rock Leave me alone always made in school everything i did wasn't just a rule. i got blame for everything i always got the screw <laughs> Make call me shit
7: we really?
0: Richard Meltzer and Spielgus were doing Last Will and Test. Then a fuck up by G.G. Allen and the Jabbers. Remember when he had like kind of the wave haircut? Yeah. He went. He had quite a bit of marvelous, Uh Or a musical journey. Then sneakers by Teen Idols. Teen now, Idols, yeah. Sneakers weren't shoes, right? It's dudes who snuck cigarettes and shit.
2: Well, no, for us. Yeah. They were the shoes you're wearing right now.
0: Oh, they were
2: shoes. Yeah, and, and the lyric I is. I thought it was some dudes. No, no, the lyric is "Put on yeah. your sneakers and be a kid. Um, come on and have some fun. You know, you're not fooling anyone. And and the lyric is "Why do you want to grow up so fast? Let your teenage ignorance last. Put away all those whips and chains. Come on and enjoy your growing pains. I, I probably got a few words wrong there. But that's, but that's the sentiment of the song Because Ian, he wrote it He was concerned with all of a sudden All of his friends are smoking and drinking yeah. And like, wait, you're 16 Why are you acting like your parents? Yeah. You know, like, why are you getting wasted? Like, we sh- don't you want to be on your skateboard? Don't you want to be goofing around Being a, a young, you know, you know, guy on the streets Because we are all, you know, skateboards, bikes We are like getting yeah. up at 6 in the morning To go hit some skate spot And some of our friends, Ludes <laughs> You know, like the kind of, you know, oh, throw up on your shoes and not know drugs. And like, don't remember what you did last night, kind of partying. And Ian wrote that song in kind of a rebellion.
0: Not really against his parents, but more his own.
2: His own, his own oh, peers. Yeah. And he also wrote a, a song called, uh, I drink Coke. I think that's what it's called. I drink Coke. I drink. And, and the other, the other lyric was, I drink milk. I drink milk every day. I drink milk for the vitamin A or whatever, and then I drink Coke for the tooth decay. Coke and milk. Coke and milk. And he was rebelling against his friends who were self destructing, which got him called, Oh, you're a prude. You're a pilgrim. You're, oh, yeah. you're the FBI. He's like, No, man, I'm trying to survive.
0: Yeah. I thought it was dudes who were sneaking smokes. No. Okay. No, Ian was is standing it in is the face of that. Sn- shoes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks for clearing that. It's like thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know. You know, I got that uh, green one. Soa record, right. nice one. It came that's out that's right rare. When uh, uh, paranoid,
2: yeah, which I bought uh, because they were on Black well, Flags label. Songs on
0: a seven too. Yeah, so I thought we were weird kind of. Uh, uh, kind uh, I, of uh,
2: I bought that on M mothers Street. Different mothers. Yeah, I bought that, and I the I must say the I was very normal. I was not. But that artwork on Paranoid Time, that, that, that tremendous Pettibone drawing, I, w- I looked at that, and it really messed with me. I'm like, wow, this is really, a, you know, it's making me nervous. But uh, I was the only one in the neighborhood who had that record.
0: Uh, public Defender.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? Your that, words. Yeah. But that was, uh, Did
0: they already have the music by this time no, in the band? No,
2: okay. we came up with that in the bass player's basement. We had a practice one day. And everyone in the band, they wrote it and simultaneously rebelled against it. Right they wrote the riff. And then they sat there and they're, they're playing They're like, this is too slow. And I actually sat there and went, wait a minute. No, wait, yeah. No, no, no. We're onto something here. And there's just something about it that just had a thing. Yeah. I said, no, this, there's a groove. I didn't use that word, I'm sure. But I, I said, no, 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 no. Don't stop playing it. And they said, well, do you have any words? I'm like, well, no, just keep playing it. And I remember the bass player was first to go like, "No, this is dumb." And I said, and, and it ended up being like this song that kind of sort of people knew us for all eight gigs <laughs> that lasted eleven minutes. But it was, and you know, Ian, Ian <laughs> is, you know, coming for you yeah, and, and and it just became one of those songs that you know people like, I like that one the, the, the thing about the cops the slow one but and it's Charmed not joke. it's not that slow yeah. but in those days what, what are you guys hippies are playing slow and there's this emphasis on like don't be a hippie whatever you do yeah those days were fun We could fit your entire back line in the back seat of your car <laughs>
0: And then we heard Catch the Water. You remember this? Oh, no, Fetch the
2: Water. Oh, I loved being part we'll do of that. that. right? Yep. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. That we got, all got you to play call together.
1: Blackmen's instead a minute Flag. Yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know how those decisions were made, but what? I really like the way that tune came
2: out. What how the how the, the meld came together? No, well, me. How
0: the name of the band.
2: Oh. You know, I don't remember I wasn't anything a black man. I don't <laughs> r- remember anything about
0: Maybe you were doing some other recording. I'm well, right. I, Black
2: Flag would get blocked time yeah. at Total Access because we would get this rate and we would record from like midnight till nine because all the real bands would be going home to their wives. We would come in literally at midnight. Yeah. One time me and Spot went into Total Access to do my war vocals and Wasp was doing demos by day, and we actually passed them in the lounge. And like these guys are all like, you know, six foot five, not the worst guys. And they were like, "You you guys are the punk rock guys, right?" And we're like, "Oh yeah," because <laughs> they're like these huge dudes, and like they're and they're just demoing full time, full rate, and we're we're spending all the money we have going in at midnight, and they, and they would literally give Spot the keys to the place because you know he's a good guy and he knew how to shut everything down, and so. Gin and Spot would rent the studio for like, you know, six weeks, five nights a week. And they would go in and record like three Black Flag albums at once. You know, the instrumental one and this one and this one. And also bring in St. Vitus to do this or pickups on that record. It was just kind of this this kind of grand vision. And Gin was that prolific at that time where the guy's writing like 15 songs at a time. And so that time was made good use of. And I think those recording sessions, the minute flag thing, was kind of sort of in in one of those big blocks where they I said, think "Well,
0: it was when you were doing tunes for In My Head and Loose Nuts. No. Yeah, well, that and was so kind of done that the was, was a right?
2: massive recording block. The In My Head tunes we were instrumentals for months yeah. and months. I had these cassettes of them, I'm like wow. And I asked Bill, I go, "When did you guys go do these?" He goes, "Oh yeah, it's Greg's new songs." Like I'd never even heard them. He goes, "Oh yeah, here, check this out." and like he was like 12 instrumentals I'm like when did you guys write this he was oh he just like threw them at us the other day and greg you know wouldn't yeah. wouldn't sleep he was just writing all the time but i remember doing that vocal for minute flag and i was really happy that i kind of got to be involved with the minute men you know it was very meaningful for me to be on you know have a lyric of mine on double nickels, yeah, you know yeah. me and D. Boone. My house. Yeah, we were building the Gin Mister Gin's house. Yeah, and so we would appear on the slab of cement at like you know five in the morning, some just obscene hour. And me and Dee Boone, you know, and I'm so glad that he and I had that time to hang out and become bros, because I'd see him at shows and he would couch surf at SST. But in those days, we're working all day together in the yeah. sun, and he's bringing his little cassette player. He he uh, loved the uh, that bootleg, the Townsend demos yeah. that became scoop, like you know the, the right. like the nine minute version of Bob O'Reilly. That's the instrumental. He would Perfect. bring that, Perfect. and then he would bring instrumentals of what became Double Nickels. All right. And you guys are writing so many songs that yeah. you know we need lyrics. We need we need like you know to stoke the, the thing. He goes, well, you got now, anything? We
0: had run out. You know, we had done an album in November of '83, and not a title for it yet. But it's
2: done Then the Huskers came yep. And made Zen Arcade
0: spot. Yeah, and we were like Man, I know. let's write a bunch of songs I know if, if,
2: if Husker so gets a double album Minutemen Min gets a double album And so he D. Moon said to me said, so, you got anything? I said, well Here's this thing I, I, I think I read At, at a poetry reading thing At KXLU I go, here's this thing I wrote at the Ginn's house About, you know your, you know your, your body is a metaphor As a house storm In my house Or in my head and I go, here. I go, can you use this? He said, well, I'll get back to you. And he said, we did it. And then later on, I, I hear that. I played that, on, I played that on my radio show uh, recently. And, you know, to hear D. Boone sing something you wrote, you know, to have that relationship, yeah. it's a real big deal. Well, what about Ye- the
0: spiel on this one here, Fetch the Water? Are those yours? No. They're his? I think
2: it's his. Because I remember being him. Hand- you? Well, as far as the melody, da, 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 yeah. to get the water, da. and I, I think he kind of gave me a little vocal lesson, like okay, and then there, there's a cor- chorus, fetch the water, and I think isn't Kira in on that as well? Is she? Yeah, I think Kira might be singing on that as well because she could sing really well. Yeah, um, and I kind of so do she, this sing-songy vo- you know, I'm just trying I'm to sing. Who
0: did the words to that? I never, he never told me. I,
2: so at this did, point okay. I forget, but I kind of. My gut is telling me it was D.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, it's one of my favorite duets. I wish you guys could have done more. Yeah. Speaking of fans, after that we heard Kim Salmon and Spencer P. Jones. I got to do a bunch of gigs. Ah, love to those guys. East of bourbon and... Kim did one of the gigs. I, I,
7: Spe-
2: I, Spe- I, on my little radio show I was making last night, yeah. I was talking about Kim Salmon oh, and, what a, and what a solid individual he yeah. is. So I played a scientist tune on my show. Okay. And a song called Happy Hour. Great song. Yeah. I've known Kim since 1989 when I first went to Australia. So I already knew about the scientists, I knew about yeah. the Bee Suburban. But right at that time, he had started the, Kim Salmon, The Surrealists. Yeah. And so I, I had some money, and I bought some of those records. And I actually saw the Be Suburban my first night in Australia. I was jet lagging. And this guy said, get up. I was sleeping on this, my promoter's couch. And he said, get up. We're going to a show. I said, OK. And we went to go see the Bee Suburban. And I, that's the first time I saw Kim Salmon. And um, I see Kim pretty much every time I'm in Australia. He comes to one of those shows. OK. Good man.
0: He was up in uh, it was Brisbane. Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. I think he lives there. Yeah. But uh, all of you know, Tex, I, I just dig that band. Yep. I, I, I saw every gig that they did with us. And,
2: well, yeah, always worth checking out. And, and both those guys. Yeah, yeah Charlie, too. Charlie yeah. does solo. He's got, like, all those guys have five they're bands at the ass, same time. Huh? Yeah, they're the r- real thing. Plan, it's, uh, hard to... Well, huge country, yeah. five radio stations, four record About stores, and, and, and ten venues. <laughs> and so if you want to stay fed, you have to have your... Salsa band Your polka band Your yeah, punk yeah, rock band And you have to produce And juggle I mean every band has like Every guy has like five bands Right, right But Gives you a lot of records to buy You know there's that whole Eddie Current Suppression Ring Gang of bands Eddie yeah. Current Suppression Ring Total Control yeah. The Ooga Boogas yeah. All those bands are good too yeah. UV Race All those bands are amazing yeah. So good And they're all player. like You know two, two guys are in this band One guy is, Yeah Yeah It's all one kind of One commune
0: Okay, then we heard uh, Barbez, Keter, Ital. It's kind of his old Italian-Jewish music that's been redone, discovered. Pina- oh, then we have some stuff from uh, Brother Jeff and Austin. You know the Hickoids? Soft yeah. that label, yeah. He sent me a bunch of stuff. So Jackie, uh, Pinata, Protest, Suicide of Friends, Snowbird, Candyman, Blues, uh, Copper Gamings, and finally Cleo's Gone by the Gay Cast. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's that time of the show when Brother Matt has his spin cycle. Cool. So Brother Matt, let's get it going. Cool. Before the girl is out of it gets to the hospital,
2: she dies. Yeah. In the meantime, he has fallen in love with this girl. He has fallen in love with a dead girl. He writes to me, Henry. I cannot think of other women. I try and go out with other women. The only girl I want is this girl. I'm in love, and she's dead. I never even learned her name. What do I do? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is me on my Saturday night. You figure. He's in a rock band, right? What happens to guys in rock bands on Saturday nights? Airplanes pass over their homes, and beautiful 16-year-olds go out by the hundreds and parachute on the roof, right? I open my window, they all come in, already naked. We want you! Uh, wrong! I'm in my room in Silver Lake. Whoa, what a mistake that was. Uh, 9 p.m. Saturday night, rock guy. What is he doing? He's answering the mail. I mean, that's my life, you know. Mr. Excitement, uh, he lives next door. Mr. Boredom here, if I had a life, I would have read the letter, crumbled it up, and went, right
9: and thrown it out. Oh no, not me. I spend three hours
2: walking around my room. What should he do? Oh my God! I should I are in the same position. What would I do? I don't know. Can I ever sleep again? That. So I'm writing them all these postcards. Like the first one was like, you know, totally judging. You pervert! You weirdo! You are so- you're stuck <laughs> I've been called that enough times by you know people who say they like me. <laughs> <Now>, that way. <laughs> so- what do I say? Well, maybe you can find someone who's had a similar experience and write you know? So finally, after many hours of deliberation, realized I'm not a doctor, man. I just wrote it back. I go, man, I don't know what to tell you. Please don't do anything to harm yourself. Get some kind of help. Do not do anything bad or rash. Good luck. So I said, okay, Tom, what would you have done? And he said, ah. Oh. You handled it all wrong. Okay, I uh, would have said. Forget her. Forget her. She's haunting you from the grave. She's a heartbreaker. She did the same thing to me.
6: Just
9: forget her. She'll do it every time.
10: Hello? son, is this microphone on? Uh, Yes, it is. There's a point of view I wish to ventilate at this time. It is? Yes, sir. All right then. Well, if it's on, then here I will go. You know, there are days when you're ignorant. myself to pause and entertain the notion of knocking all the teeth out of that empty head of yours but instead of resorting to such pedestrian means of expressing my displeasure I just roll down my window and say
9: Yo, y'all are ill tonight. Yeah! Fuck, fuck, fuck truck, your mama! Mother.
10: Yo, y'all are ill tonight. Yeah! That's right. You wander through your life, lost in complacent. Happy to let your stupidity waste the time for brothers. And that's why there's laws and jails and courts. And armies of law enforcement officers to administrate and ensure that law and order are kept at all times. No doubt with your <laughs> alarming lack of self-control, you destroy everything in your sight. Amidst the smoke and rubble of the ruins that you have perpetrated you would see me laughing at you in the mess you made for the rest of us to clean up and you always leave it for someone else to clean up, don't you? Uh-huh I've been picking up after you all my life Well you know
9: Mother, yo, y'all are hilly tonight. Yeah! Fuck, 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 fuck your mama. Mother, yo, y'all are hilly
10: tonight. Yeah! I couldn't have said it any better myself. You say you hate the world you live in. Room too small, sky full of pollution, garbage on the street. Your job is not stimulate that gargantuan intellect of yours. Although with your appallingly low sense of self-worth, it probably does. You say you feel controlled and watched over, and that Big Brother mentality infuriates you. And you swear to someday break out and do something. Well, the powers that be are the powers that be because you are so easy to control and are so in need of adult supervision. Now, what's that? The subliterate leading the dysfunctional? (laughs) Don't tell me that you wouldn't switch places the first chance you got you're not seeking your freedom. You're just the kept wishing you were the keeper. Oh no? Yeah, right. Let me know when you evolve, you little dictator and waiting. Ha 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 ha
9: Fuck, ha 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 your ha your mother. Your ha y'all Yo, are illin' tonight. Yo, y'all are healing tonight. Yeah!
10: I have a sense of humor about all this, there'd be a lot of dead bodies piling up in this town. But fear not, I have an appreciation of history and a flair for the dramatic. So I'll just watch you self-destruct and thank you kindly for your dollars that continually pour into my offshore accounts. Oh, and by the way, one last thing.
7: Fuck, trucky, truck your mama! Mother!
10: Yo, y'all are ill tonight.
7: Yeah! <laughs>
0: okay, brother, man, thank you so much. What was cool. up? Uh, that what was, was the inspiration and impetus behind that? I would say that was definitely a Henry-inspired spin
8: cycle. Okay. I appreciate that,
1: <laughs> Yeah, we had some uh, from Rollinspeak, some of that uh, uh, Minute Flag stuff, and some of uh, Henry with uh, Mother Superior in there.
0: Oh, yeah. Mother Superior. I remember them. Good guys. Where were they from? They were-
2: L.A. I had no where, band.
0: Where? But where were they from? Hollywood.
2: Oh no! Well, well, half the band, well, two thirds of the boys were Philadelphia, Wilmington, Delaware types, sure. and then the drummer was out was California, but you know they were a local three piece. Yeah. I would go see him play, produce a couple of their records, became friends with them, and they said, you know, Henry, where's your band? I go, ah, well, we we broke up. You know, it was the 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 Melvin Gibbs sure, sure. lineup. I said, well, we broke up. I don't have a band. They said, well, you should do some music. I said, okay. I got some song ideas. You want to do some music with me? And they went, hell yeah. So I said, okay, let's book some practice time and see what happens. We wrote like five songs that hour. Just, you know, wow. just rocking out. And I said, you, you guys want to go on tour? You want to make a record? And they're like, you know, tails wagging. It's the best bandmates I ever had because everything I wanted to do, they went, okay, because you'd say to my old bandmates, "Hey, let's go play in Moscow." Like, Moscow's a long plane ride, and they won't have the. Day. I'm like, really? It sounds
0: like in the basement with that song. Like,
2: like we get to go to right Moscow. I want to
0: hear the. Uh, they rebelled against you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Like you know, my my feet'll hurt. I'm like, really? It's we will. Huh? We get to go to Russia, and you don't want to go. Yeah, right you know, for me, rock and roll is a ticket to see the world. Like, how else are you going to get to go to Japan? Like, what, as a tourist? Who has the money? And so I I said, like, let's go to Russia. And my band, I said, you know what? You guys are, you know, your ice is getting thin. So I I, I said to these, you know, I'd say to these guys, you know, because they never played outside of L.A. I go, like, you want to go to Europe? They're like, go to Europe? You know, uh, uh, as Mark e. Smith used to say, like pilgrims with free milk. <laughs> and they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and so their first gig out of town with me was opening for Metallica in a soccer stadium in Portugal. And they're like, look here, like, is this really me? Well, and, you know, that was... not belly
0: not bellyaching about the plane. Right no, I said, fellas, you're, you're
2: like, let's, we're going to go play in Russia on this no, tour.
0: No, I know exactly what you, this is kind of... Uh, what do you call it? "Quote unquote" musician sense of the title. I mean, these cats—they can f- feel pee under forty-five mattresses. I yeah,
2: mean, and, and and I see. But I've I think always been you're grateful. Doing that
0: work, you were talking about the other duty. earlier. Yeah, that got you so you yeah don't take things for granted. Yeah, like so you, I, it you, wasn't a total
2: waste. Well, so. you, you know, no, not at all. <laughs> but but you know what I know. Yeah. You know, you know the van and not yeah. sleeping. Yeah. And driving on no sleep and playing on no sleep and like sleeping on a couch and getting the last band's parasites on your body. I mean, like that's the life. But it it trains you for later life because to this day, any time I eat, I never take a meal for granted. I'm always grateful. Even, you know, this morning I ate. I'm like, wow, food. Because I, I remember not having it. It's not like I'm, you know, starving to death. But all of us indie punk rock guys from back in the day remember uh, the three meals James Brown used to say, no meal, missed meal, and whatever meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and and Or small meal. And, and, and to this day, you know, I'm always – it kept me very grateful and very hardworking. And once my bandmates got this, well, I need my – Yeah, I'm like, really? Okay, I I now see the use-by date on your forehead. (laughs) And the Mother Superior guys, (laughs) we worked at the speed of me, which is like insanely on, you know, wind sprint speed. We're right to record, right? That's all we did for like five solid years. And we did like five studio albums, two live albums. I mean... And we toured like insane men. Yeah. And because every time I say, fellas, we just got back, you know, it's a Christmas break. You want to be back on the road by April? They're like, yeah. And I said, how about you guys? How about Mother Superior open for the Rollins Band and you guys would do two sets tonight? Thanks, Henry. Not all oh, my fingers hurt. <laughs> and they were, they were so Ernest, cool. Ernest, Cats. Yes. And that track that you were just playing. Uh, Where I had the voice all pitched down I said, fellas, I'm going to do this thing We're going to pitch my voice down I've got this voice sample I said, I need just a a steady beat We laid that down I said, now, Jim, the guitar player I want some piano Kind of, sort of, like Hyperbolic, syllabic, sesquidele, mystic Hot butter soul Block chords, like a little McCoy Tyner You know, just like grooving with it Big blocky chords you know, and he said, okay. I said, you can do that. One take. Thank you. Yes. Wow. And whenever I had an idea, I, hey, can we do a song that has a feel like this? They would just pick up the rhythm and it's like, into it. Like, let's wait. Let's, let's wait right now. Wow. Never. No, my, my I, have no to, no I can't, I can't be yeah. here. At the, and it was such a joy yeah. to get in a practice room with people who just want to make music with no elitism, no star trips yeah. and no whining. Yeah,
8: yeah.
0: Man, it was good. That's a good crew. Oh,
2: man, that was just... we right at
0: the end of the second hour. Great. January 18th, 2014, our special guest, Brother Matt. Yeah. Danny Rollins. Hold tight for hour three.
7: Yeah. Uh, January
0: 18th, 2014, third hour of from Pedro Show. <laughs>
9: I see Rita on the leg, and you, you
7: molested my god!
0: Just people. I'm an idiot. Uh, I didn't hit record, but let me tell you the songs right away, right away. Uh, Devin, Gary, and Ross with See Through Windows, Some Days Are Gray, Manic of Glow, uh, Jack. Yeah.
2: TSOL Jack, you should let people know.
0: Sorry about that, TSOL Jack. And also Tender Fury. Yeah. Uh, Awareness for Backward Generation, Kevin Siegel, Painter Man by The Creation, Chuba Cabra, Rock and Roll, Blood Drink that's uh, Greg from Angry Samoa. Actually, from Bob. Right. Yeah. I got that single. <laughs> I'm in love with your mom.
2: <laughs> I'm in love with your mom.
0: <laughs> Always a Meltzer co- connection. Uh, uh, Calf Biter, Howie Reeve, Drunk Underwater, Warplane, Spitting Bitter Pills by Sigotti. I Can't Control Myself Live by uh, Pascal C- Camalata, which... Uh, I think blew my mind with you knowing he has thorough knowledge of
2: this man. <laughs> yeah, band. I'm a, I'm, I'm I a can't fan. I can
0: trump him on a, uh, I, I, a, a I, little like, I played day.
2: him on my show and not one is. fiscal quarter ago.
0: He's an incredible, well, both me and Henry know about him, You people should check yeah, him out. Yeah, you check him out. And then finally, Carl Maria by Hi-Fi Club. What, we're ta- what we were talking about that I failed to capture was the transition from being in a band on stage to being on a stage without a band.
2: Yeah. For me, the I, you know, I'm not a musician. I, I, I literally cannot play an instrument. I think I can play "All Claire de Luna," if that's the name of the. Do 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 do. I'm a recorder. I remember that from fourth grade. Um, so you
0: don't think the voice is an instrument?
2: Well, it, it, it can be if you can really sing. But for me, I was always a word guy. I've got something to say. If I can get a snare beat behind it. Yeah. Good to go. And so when I started doing talking shows in 83, at the behest of our pal Harvey Kubernetes, yeah. you know, poetry reading, spoken word gigs, it was a natural for me. It's just like being in the band without the band. Yeah. So it was. it was, I'll just say it without the band. And as the years went on, I would multitask. I'd finish a whole world tour with a band, and then 10 days later, do the same lap again by myself. And I would do like 140, 160 shows a year because I take both entities out. And with how I, you know, the band tours would always come in so with Rollins' band would always come in in the red, so I have to send money orders from the road, from the spoken tours, to pay back the bandmates who are waiting for their, you know, their $800. Well, they needed it, and I'm writing out these ridiculous 7-Eleven money orders from like Toledo, and hoping they get there, and you know, sleeping on Amtrak trains and, and just making it work. And then by the mid 80s, I'm going to Europe by the late 80s. I'm doing these shows in Australia, New Zealand, and it just started picking up. And then the audiences are getting bigger. And then it just turned into a thing which now takes as much time as I can possibly give it in that the last tour is 180, 190 shows, 19 countries. You know, I sell it out in Johannesburg. I sell it out in Hamburg and um, wherever else it does very well it's it's cool i i've been doing and these days I, I actually do speeches where i'm brought in to speak last year i i keynoted the college and research librarians convention i keynoted the california library association convention like i don't know like seven weeks ago uh tomorrow i'm the keynote speaker at the la times travel convention thing three-day thing and so i get you know i i, I uh at, at uh Sonoma College, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, I, I was the I, I was the the graduation speaker a couple of years wow. ago. I was the commencement speaker. Yeah, I was wearing, the, off of that, wearing the cap and gown the whole thing.
0: Because I know from this experience, you ran a show that was uh, you interviewed people on TV show?
2: Yeah, I, IFC. I had a show for four years.
0: Yeah, because I got to be with the Stooges.
2: Yeah, and you were on the show. show. Now, yeah. what
0: was that like? It was amazing. It's a little different because you share the stage. In fact, you got an uh, interview.
2: Yeah, well, I've, I've done a lot of documentary work for uh, History Channel, National Geographic, IFC, a bunch of different people. I've been all over the world with a camera crew from here to South Sudan. And so you get used to interviewing people on the fly. And with that show, I interviewed everyone from you guys to Gore Vidal, Larry Flint. Uh, it, was, you know, it was fascinating. Um, and so after I interviewed you know, ex-members of the IRA, I've interviewed all kinds of people. What was the hardest one? The hardest one were the ones I was most intimidated by the guest. Before? Yeah, before I met Gore Vidal. So I didn't want to get that wrong. Who wants to get called out by Gore I Vidal? Know, I know. So I rehearsed for that. I, I studied him. I was a fan anyway. But I prepped for that for a solid three weeks. So by the time he was on the show, I could finish his sentences. And I kind of interviewed him as one would uh, a lawyer would would cross examine someone. I already knew the answers to what I was asking him. Okay, you know, in your recent essay, you said this. Elaborate. You know, so I'm already kind of on the page with him. I was intimidated when I interviewed Werner Herzog, just because he's he's freaking Herzog, man. Aguirre of Wrath of God, Fitzcarraldo, him and Klaus Kinski. Are you kidding? So he walks into our little building, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, Mister Herzog. Oh, call me Werner. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Last time I saw him, he bought me dinner. So he, he's a real sweetheart. He lives up the street from me, actually. He's, really? he's L.A., yeah. Okay. He lives literally like two traffic lights from me. Jim
0: O'Reilly loves Jim to me... He's one of my Porter, heroes. Herzog is a god.
2: No, to me, he is, he is one of my inspirations because he's, he's the nicest guy. He's also a total maniac. My new documentary, I make this rock video... Under the ice in the South Pole. You're like,
7: of course
2: you did. Yeah, and he, he just he just shows you. He hasn't been getting up there in years. He just shows you you never have to cool it. You never have to mellow out. Right. And you can still be a total artistic lunatic and be like 60-something and still drive people nuts.
0: So you thought it was going to be a tough one, but it ended up yeah. easy. Yeah, and,
2: and the people who were... The, the, the toughest interview I ever did yeah. was... Um, Who's the guy from the the Animals? Eric Eric Burden. Eric Burden. He was drunk, and he just put out a book, which you should read if you haven't. It's his his autobiography. And it's fascinating. Jordy. Like, he's the one who went to Jimmy's hotel room and got the guitars out of there and cleaned up the place before the press descended upon it. He's got stories that will blow your mind. He knew everybody. You know, he knew the Beatles, he knew the Stones, he knew his good friends of Hendrix. I mean, he Is really, he was <laughs> there, you know? And so I, I'm i subbing for that Rockline guy. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, but they had these sub on syndicated radio, like, hey, host Rockline. I'm in. Bob sure. Coburn. Huh? Bob Coburn. Bob Coburn. Yeah, he's a good guy. He took. He was on vacation. And Bob and I were buddies. So so much of buddies I even remembered his name, but anyway, this is well. This is like this is like fifteen years ago, yeah, yeah. and so Bob said, "Hey, come and sub for me. I want to take the family on vacation." I said, "You got it, man." And so I get a drunk or hungover. Uh, what's his name again? <laughs> yeah, well, I've, 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 I'm in denial. He was such a bummer. I can't even. I won't even remember his name. And I, I actually read the book in preparation. And it was a great read. And I said, "Hey, Mister Burden, you know Eric, I'm so am so happy to to like, yeah." I said, "I said so, you know, you and Hendrix, yeah, Jimmy was great." Da da Are you, and like we're on national radio? And so I'm looking through the glass at the engineer, going like, "He's killing me." And he's the guy's looking at me like, "Just make just make radio, make radio." I said, "Hey, you know, do we do we have any callers? The lines are lit up." I just fobbed them off on the audience. I said like, hey, hey Eric, you got a ton of fans who love you, man. And let's turn let's get some calls in here. And I just let the fan Eric, I love you man. I've been listening to you since eighteen seventeen and during the potato famine that single you released, I'm like, oh good.
0: (laughs)
7: It's
0: usually Opposite car, something live from Hoosker's in the old days. A loner with a boner, Black Randy, oh. Metro Squad. Yeah, yes. Hollywood song. <laughs> One
2: know. of the greatest lyrics. I'm going to throw you for a looper when I pack in the pooper. I'll be like, well, what? Is- you know that. You I'm know a loner with a well, boner. I'm going to telephone her. And then the guitar. I'm all alone tonight. I'll call her. It'll be all right. That's the best.
0: You want to live in Switzerland, 7 erotics. uh Believe Me, Glimmerman, Annihilate, like The Meth. Oh, this is a band from Cambodia. They got, uh, oh, wow. There's a punk scene in Phnom Penh. Yeah. And this is uh, a great city. Slip and and Okie Doki, The Water is Radioactive, GG Band. I think they're only half Korean, but one guy's U.S. Nosy DMF, and finally, The Day by Eola. Uh, Henry, we're at the end of the show. Uh, if somebody was to ask you advice, a young man yeah, who wanted to get into this... Expression thing, right? Writing, singing,
2: being artistically inclined, and trying to eat. Is that is that? What what advice would you give the man? Consider any artistic endeavor to be going into conflict. If you're going to be an artist, and this is for the girls and the guys, consider yourself a warrior. Consider all artistic endeavors to be conflict. In that someone's going to not want you around and you're going to have to vie for airspace. You're going to have to carve your niche out. That being the fact and the fact that uh, the rent is not paid by your smile, it's paid by money. Have a job with a stable revenue flow. Stabilize your financial fiscal life. Even if I want to be full time with my band, the stats are against you. So have a job. And do your band part-time so you get your ya-ya's out because the stats say, the raw awful numbers say, that the world will not pay for your artistic inclinations and aspirations. So don't lose, don't become homeless because you're in love with your guitar because you can have both. So get your financial world at least somewhat stabilized before you go into the artistic world, which is to coin what David Lee Roth once said, sailing the seas of consequence, because like I said, statistically, many are going to go in, few are going to finish. And on that way, you can lose your car, your home, your couch, you, your credit rating, etc. And I'm not trying to sound like some money guy, but this is the real world. And so you can do it. You can do it all. You can have your crap job, and trust me, the job you don't like so much fuels your your artistic intensity. Because you come off the bad job, the paintbrush will burn in your hand. You will write and create some of your best stuff when you come off being pissed off, riding the RTD back from your crap job, and you will you will remember those days fondly when you're living in a more cushy manner, but that's the one solid piece of advice art yeah. art out, but consider it to be conflict that you got to be a warrior and you got to watch your dollars. Okay. Keep the day job till the night job
1: pays. Yeah. We didn't get to mention letters from Henry. I just want to say how much I did. Oh,
2: thanks. So, <laughs>
0: brother, man, respect. Yeah. yeah. Thank Bitching, you. You know, the, Thank you. Yeah, the real old mind, like the Stooges would say, hmm. the old mind. I want to thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show. Thank you. No problem. Matt, Great to have Matt you Matt down, here. Fucking honor.
2: Thank to you, sir. It. No, I'm glad thank to do it.
0: it. It's been the January 18, 2014 Dish and Peter Show. Thank you so much for your always yeah. yeah. accentuating and bed and brother Matt Pleasure. and Henry again, once again. Thanks. For glad to matter. do all it all the way down to where the Harbor Freeway ends here at the mm. Pleasure Point and Love Grotto, and giving us the word from you.
2: Thank you. Everybody out
7: there, keep your powder dry.